0: And as a result of those adoptions, I, I'm a different man than what I would have been without it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can see every child as my child now. You don't have to gin up sympathy and empathy and love and a, a really a d- desire to use your place in life to try to make a difference.
1: Don't hide the scars, a weekly podcast focused on addiction and recovery, created by the nonprofit Pain Parents and Addicts in Need, and founded by Flint Anderson,
2: California Assembly member representing the 23rd district. Jim Patterson, thank you for joining, founder of Parents and Addicts in Need, Flint Anderson, and myself, Jason LeChance, on the Don't Hide the Scars podcast. Yeah.
3: How you doing, Jim? I'm doing. We're glad good.
2: you're here.
0: Doing good. Always, Flint, to be with you is a, a real joy. You, you know we have had a professional relationship for a long time but also a personal relationship and you have been instrumental in helping our family work through an addiction issue with one of our loved ones it it happens to everybody if you're not careful yeah and the good news in all of this flint is uh complete recovery uh over a year and a half maybe going on two years without any relapse reunited with the family uh, and uh, we are all going to be around our Christmas dinner table together uh, and we are going to be celebrating. Um, And I want to thank you publicly and on the podcast. uh, You you. you know I called you at a moment when we were in a very difficult circumstance where our our loved one was uh, on the street. was. essentially homeless, was estranged from us and, and from the family. Uh, and and uh, I didn't know exactly what to do, and I called you and you answered the phone like that. We had a conversation and I followed your advice. You know what, that ended up being the turning point. Yeah, It really did. I was tough as nails with him. Yes, yeah, you were. But I also was saying, you can be better than that man, and there's a lot of people are gonna help you do it. Mm-hmm. But you are about to lose everything you love and uh, you show up on our front porch, uh, homeless uh, and uh, no one set of clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, boy, I needed I needed you, and you were there. Oh, thank you. And you and you gave me some great advice. We did engage his parents, and that was part of the problem. A right. lot of times, moms and dads think well that's our that's our boy i mean he, he, he doesn't really mean it and we're just we're just uh, you know going to love him through it and all that and um, as i mentioned to you um here their son has been weeks on the streets of fresno and they were at their vacation home right and i called them up that night and i said you get down here mm-hmm. you own this this is your son and they did and there was a little bit of a wrestling match but right. then they 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 did get him to the rehabilitation he has gone through that I think it's like two years now something yeah I think it is I think it's two years and um, I mean talk about a Christmas gift right Mm -hmm. right and that's one of the reasons that uh, I wanted to be with you today and 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 uh, partly to say thank you but also to say uh, your influence has really helped me as a member of the legislature uh, we've got a uh, fentanyl bill that we've introduced and that's the fentanyl dealers accountability mm-hmm. act maybe talk a little bit about that yes. yeah. but also there's a lot of activity both by democrats and republicans up in sacramento I, i'm co-authoring a half a dozen bills on the in the fentanyl space right. uh i i think we've gotten to a point where um, those in the california legislature have had enough of fentanyl and are searching for ways to hold the dealers accountable but also to warn teach help people identify the problems uh, putting narcan in places where our our, our kids can, can can have it and have right. enough of it uh, so there's a lot of legislation working its way through no. and I really I, I, and you've been on the forefront of this here with pain and uh, I'm just grateful to be with you and Thank you for the invite.
3: Thanks, Jim. Uh, you know what? That that does my heart good. You well, know? yeah, Jim. Just start off. I didn't bring any <laughs> tissues. Like, okay, hold it back. All right. Yeah. No. That's uh, that is such great
0: yeah. news around but this we're time not, of we're, year. We're, we're not special,
3: right?
4: Yeah. We're
0: typical. And typical. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is how 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 dangerous that a, this addiction is, and whether it's alcohol yeah. or, or opioids or yeah or or the fentanyl and and, and all of that, and it's just becoming this horrible scary
3: epidemic well you know what one of the reasons why I think it is and I just want to touch on this a little bit is now as a society I really believe that we are we're, we're, we're not talking about abstinence much anymore we're talking about harm reduction we're talking about let's give the addict let's give the alcoholic an excuse so to speak um, to continue using because we're going to get opioid addicts, we're going to put you on methadone or we're going to put you on yeah. Suboxone or we're going to put you on another opioid based medication because, because now everybody's talking about let's just keep them alive. Right. And, and, and I agree with that as far as keeping somebody alive, but they're, they're ha- we cannot just continue to keep people on these other medications because they become addicted to those medications yeah. as, as well. And so it, as, as a recovering addict, if you gave me that excuse to, to, to use that, I'm gonna use both then. I'm gonna use that drug that's yeah. gonna, that supposedly is going to help me, but I'm also gonna continue to use the other opioid I was using, if that makes sense. Yeah and 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 so i i think that again as as a society right here in fresno in california we have to start addressing the 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 topic of of abstinence and i know i'm going to get some you know some feedback on that one but but again i you ask any of us in long-term recovery um there's nothing wrong with abstinence yeah
2: (laughs) well i think it's the as we bring up jim often is the you know, with what flint's saying and 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 yes you know we want to meet someone where they're at but the ultimate desire is to get you unstrapped from anything you know yes. like flint's talked about if it's methadone you can't travel you know and if you forgot it you're you know you're extra in trouble so i think you know when we bring up that that we're both supporters of abstinence because i've done it you've done it it's successful yeah. is you know it's about living a life beyond your two blocks and if right. i wanted to stay in my two blocks i would have stayed in my addiction and right. i think that's a lot of mm-hmm. maybe where people with us like you guys are heartless no, no 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 no. we're not heartless we want you to ultimately have a life we right. want you to build this life where all of a sudden guess what i'm doing i'm traveling to the florida keys for vacation and,
0: yeah, and yeah exactly. to me it's seeing it um, in in close to home um if you love somebody and you really want to help somebody, you want to help them come to that aha moment where they basically make the commitment: I have the the the, the courage and the ability to get free.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what happened in in our situation, right. and you know what? He got free. Right. And I mean, that's freedom. You bet and, it and, is. And not to have a, a you know some other crutch. And the crazy thing about this is that that moment in time. When we said Sharon and I said we've had enough. Uh, when uh, our, our 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 family member that had was married and mm-hmm. still is said that's it I can't do this anymore. All right. And so he st- started to strip away the excuse makers. hmm And sometimes parents can be the biggest excuse maker which basically is that's our boy he's not like that i mean it's just somebody got to him and you know a, 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 and we literally had to uh, emotionally and a, a, and verbally shake him by the shoulders and mm-hmm. say look what you're doing mm-hmm. you you're better than this you can change this why don't and there's a whole army of folks that love you and around you we're going to help you get through it right and he resisted at first, and then he kind of fell backwards a, a little bit, and then finally, um, when he knew that if he didn't, if he didn't get free, if he didn't live up to what we knew he could be, that he was going to lose everything that he loved, mm-hmm. yeah. and it shook him enough, and you know, today he's utterly a different person right absolutely a different
3: person. And, and and that's why i have i have been on that on that bandwagon for so long you know as 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 far as you, you, with with families saying look we the addict the alcoholic we have to get to that point to where we know everything is going to be gone here in a matter of minutes if 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 we don't make a change now there are some people out there that did not make a mm-hmm. change and and, and and they're still out there. Not everybody dies from their addiction, by the way. Whether it's opioids, alcohol, it doesn't matter. That addiction can last 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, 40 years, and live in that mess yeah. for that entire time. That's why we're, we're such proponents of, of, of families laying down that hard line And saying, look, this is it, because if you don't, we're not anymore going to to support you in your addiction. We will support you in your recovery. We will help you all the way down the line in your recovery, but we're not going to support you in your addiction. We also
0: have found in our case that when our loved one made that change and Held on to it for a good long period of time and was emotionally and psychologically and, and physically and frankly spiritually transformed, mm-hmm. changed. That's when we and uh, our daughter, uh, when uh, our family, uh, when his family. Came around him when he when he came home successfully, and they reunited, and we were all there. Mm-hmm. We welcomed him sure. as, as if he as if he was the prodigal son. Right. We rejoiced. We had dinner right. together. We you know we killed a fatted calf. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I as much as you hold them to this high standard, and and you are relentless in. I, I don't like. The necessarily the word shaming but you got to bring them to some realization of the mirror look yeah. at what look in the mirror yeah. yeah but when they have demonstrated it then I think uh, you cheer them on you're around of course them. You're, you're, you're grateful you're they're not they're not isolated anymore and we're not we're not thinking where is he today mm-hmm. um, we know he's at work he's at home he's taking the kids to school mm-hmm. right he is utterly changed mm-hmm. um and so you know sometimes people ask uh, you know what advice do i have well i think i've given it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which basically says if you love them enough in the beginning hold them to this high standard of what you know they can be mm-hmm. when they were sober they were good people right yeah. but boy when that stuff got a hold of them oh my yeah. god they turned into and I, I just, you wonder why and i also Think that there there are psychological issues that are undercurrents in all of this as well, right? Self esteem issues, right? And so what? So what are we doing? We're building his self esteem up, right? Mm -hmm. Because he has demonstrated that he has made that change, right? And he has purposefully um, stayed in jobs that take advantage of his culinary expertise. Mm-hmm. But it ain't anywhere near a bar. It's right. nowhere near the alcohol. Right. He's preparing and working in a field that he enjoys. He's doing it well. Uh, has a good job here locally. Um, and, you know, I think he has really straightened up. I really yeah. do. And yeah. I, I, and I, look, I, we're going to... Now, now, it is... Uh, we're beside him and our arms around him, and we're going
3: to help him any way we can. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you what, that just does us here, just does our hearts so good to hear that because there's so many cases, especially during this time of the year, you know, where where we know there are people out there that are still suffering and still in their addiction, and their families are sitting there going you know, why, you know, why there's moms that are home crying and crying themselves asleep at night, you know, praying to God to, 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 for God to save their child, you know, and, and, and I saw that post the other day, you know, when, when, when somebody said that. And then all of a sudden I started thinking, you know, it's not only the moms, it's dads, it's oh brothers, right. it's sisters, it's aunts, it's uncles, it's grandparents. It, and it's
0: there, and it's the addicts' children too. And it's know? the addicts' children. Which is the, oh. b- the biggest Heartbreaker of it all. Oh, it's, where's where's Daddy? Where's Daddy? You yeah. bet. And Daddy, by the way, Daddy's back. Daddy's back. And was it last night or the night before? Yeah, we had we we uh, our grandkids and our kids live like twenty minutes from right. each other and t- ten minutes away from us. And also regularly, we have the uh, the two little ones uh, over for a sleepover. And they were there. And um, our loved one was came to pick him up and I mean it was like daddy's home yeah and I mean they they embraced each other and those those two children who while he was in the pit would sleep over with us and they'd toss and they'd turn and they'd mm-hmm. wake up with nightmares mm-hmm. and they would they would you know run to Mimi's arms and 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 it was daddy's not there right and there's and and my daughter was wise enough to tell the kids the truth, mm-hmm. mm. and they knew that daddy was sick, right. and they knew that it was with alcohol. Right. And to see him now on our front porch, <laughs> <laughs> and those little kids are just running into his arms, yeah. and he is running. He's come down on on his one knee, and. Yeah. Uh, you know this. This is. I think this is what redemption looks like.
3: Yeah, it it does. Because I'll tell you what. I, re, I I remember that one day where he was on the front porch, and that was nothing like he's on the front porch oh today. I, I, I mean, yeah. phew.
0: That, I think that was the stunning thing because I have yeah. I have that night seared in my oh, memory I bet because you know, it right. it was a tough decision to basically try in in, in as forceful a way as I knew how to have him recognize the consequences of the state he is in right now mm-hmm. but then i said but you're better than that you know that mm-hmm. you're better than that what why why can't you find the good person in you and mm-hmm. stand up and and not lean on that that this junk. look what it's done to you you're on the street he was in soiled clothes soiled clothes yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah and i just you know you and and so you say I, If I can be an encouragement to anybody that may be in a similar circumstance, you are a great asset. Thank you. A great counselor. Um, Reach out to pain, uh, but also understand that the loved ones around have a heavy responsibility Mm
3: -hmm.
0: to to be the um, actualizers of answered prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm I mean, you know, I mean. God doesn't come down and burn a bush in their, ha- in their <laughs> front yard. Right? Right. <laughs> what does he do? I've never so seen him I'm do it. Not, not right. Me neither.
3: Right. Exactly.
0: But what does he do? He puts that love in our hearts. Yeah. He says to me and to Sharon and to others, you're my hands, you're my heart, you're my voice, you're my, you're my peace, you're my redemption. Mm-hmm. Now go be the person you want to be and you say you are. Mm-hmm. In these tough times... People around addicts have the opportunity to reflect and demonstrate the goodness of who they are and how different they are from the reflection that that is in this person in, in the right. addiction. They, and have an aspiration. I, I, I was hoping at some point, you know, our loved one would be would, would be thinking, I, I wanna be like Jim. hmm
3: mm-hmm.
0: Right? Or I wanna be like Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, for the sake of my kids, I've got to figure this out.
3: Well, you know, I've, I've always said and thank this. thank God he's, he has. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I've always said this about us, the addict and the alcoholic. When, when yes, we have to do it for ourselves. There's, there's no question about that. But when we get clean for others, and particularly our, our families and our, our kids, our in-laws, mm-hmm. our, our, our own parents... It has a tendency to really heal our hearts faster. Yes, I yeah. I, I, I firmly absolutely. I firmly believe that you know me, me looking looking back and the wreckage that I caused with 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 my family you know and when I got finally got clean that last time in 2001 man my my boys pictures were right there and I mean that picture in my brain you know that that yeah. I needed to I'm doing it for me but I also needed to do it for them because I didn't want them going through the rest of their life knowing that their dad possibly died from an overdose yeah. or or you know or wound up on the street somewhere and I just was what yeah,
0: it. one other Important uh, fact in all of this that gives us such confidence that he's serious about it. He will not miss an opportunity uh, to be a witness for uh, uh, others mm. to be able to uh, hear his story. I mean, he's he's helping out with the with the, the program. He he, he right. gives speeches and 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 he's on zooms with addicts and.
3: That's fantastic, and,
0: and and to watch him prepare to write notes, yeah. and also to com- compare the texts we were getting when he was in the pit to the texts we are getting today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a changed young man. It's different,
3: than night and day.
0: Changed young man, yeah. grateful, loving. Uh, uh, he, he's got the strength, and also. He doesn't want to disappoint people who love him dearly. Right. And he doesn't want to be in that pit again. Right. And he is doing the kinds of things that recovered addicts that can stay recovered do. Right. And he's, he, he, he's staying in the program. He's got uh, mentors that he, that he tapped. He, he has no compunction about reaching to the resources yep. that he has.
3: He's working the program. He's working the program.
0: Yeah. That, that says serious yes directed intention yes and I think that's why uh, he's made and he's made such good choices uh, to basically you know it I mean in the food industry you and I talked about this, this is I mean it's just it's just a- that alcohol city
3: right yeah right
0: and he has made the choice yeah uh, and so and the other thing he decided was that he was going to work uh, a shift uh, the early early shift um six six a.m i don't know 12, like noon or two or something like that you know why so he could be with the with the family
3: mm-hmm.
0: so he would be there when the kids came home from school yeah, yeah. so nice. he could be the dad right and he also wanted to make sure that uh, the place that he worked i mean it, it good pay it's, it's a uh, good benefits but they care about their employees um and it's obvious and so he also has uh you know the opportunity to uh have time with his kids when his kids need him mm-hmm. and that was a choice that he made right but you know that means six o'clock in the morning he's up at five and, <laughs> and he's going doing his thing uh but you know Lindsay, she's up right uh, and um, you know she she Interesting thing with Lindsay is she's she's a mom and yeah. a stay- at-home mom, but also she has found a a place. Uh, uh, she's also cordon Blue train. And um, she writes for a very large uh, food blog.
1: New Perceptions North, the premier drug and alcohol treatment and recovery center in Central California. A full continuum of medically supervised, top quality care with programs for detox, inpatient residential treatment with dual diagnosis, intensive outpatient treatment, sober living, support groups, and more. With 50 plus years of combined experience and sobriety, Flint Anderson and Thelma Gatlin Wilson provide adult men and women with the highest caliber of professional health care, treating each client with compassion and respect, in a safe, comfortable environment. To begin the process of recovery, to proudly create and sustain a life without addiction, call 559-978-1507 or visit newperceptionsnorth.com. Uh, to
0: see, uh, you know, your children um, grow up, go through the tough times, find themselves yeah. lean into their faith and lean into the people that love them and then to watch them come through it
3: mm-hmm.
0: and to watch a victory happening i can't tell you I, I, so i guess what i'm saying is to those viewing and watching if, if you're in our situation like this there's help at pain yep. and there is every reason to believe that if you listen to the professionals and you listen to those who've gone through it and you heed their advice and be a part of getting them out of that pit and standing up on their own two feet and instead of always dragging themselves through life, they're looking up, their shoulders are back, they understand, they got through this and they want it. I really believe that our loved one in this instance can face all kinds of other challenges because he faced this one down and he learned how to get through it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I appreciate. It all began with that phone call in, like, in the middle of the night.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you.
0: And yeah.
3: um, glad, glad, you, glad you, I
0: could help. You, you were, you were a lifesaver. At, at, and I didn't, you know, I was at law. What do I do? Right. What do I do? I'm angry. Right. The police were at, at in the front. Right. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I, 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 what I wanted to do was to be what I, what he needed, and what I could provide. And you helped me.
3: Write that script, my friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah. My my, my pleasure. I just love that story. I well noticed. I'm
2: going to change the direction here, Mr. Patterson, because I, I always love the analogy of the great white shark in Amityville, you know, Jaws. Uh, I look at you as a share or a chief brody here in this situation because you've been through <laughs> it, you see it, you've identified it, maybe like much like Flint, people weren't listening. But now with the position that you're in and and getting legislation going, how do you how do you feel with the work that you're doing to help others that maybe don't have the same situation as your loved one to have support around it and how, yeah, you I, know, the impact? Our
0: our um, our children are adopted, all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, people have asked, well, we were married for 10 years. We had some fertility issues, and, uh, and then BJ came. Uh, uh, he's Vietnamese. He, he uh, was orphaned in Vietnam, and then uh, Jason's our middle son who, who was from a 16 year old birth mother Lindsay from a 37 year old birth mother and as a result of those adoptions I'm a different man than what I would have been without it Mm -hmm. I I can see every child as my child now you don't have to gin up sympathy and empathy and love and really a desire to use your place in life to try to make a difference this comes naturally to me it's kind of like I'm I'm their dad. I mean, th- that has compelled me to do some fentanyl legislation we can talk about in a minute. But also, we've you know, we, we we've got the uh, this fentanyl program that we passed, and, and Fresno County is doing a great job, and that is the example of how to do this in six other areas in the state of California. Um, I also, you know, I've done legislation, all the legislation for adoption, making it safer, easier, less complicated, Uh, the family's more uh, secure in in those adoptions. But also, I've done legislation that really helps survivors from sex trafficking clear records that are keeping them from their new life. It's called Vacature. That came into effect a year ago this January, and the governor signed it, passed, our office has been involved in helping uh, the survivors uh, get pro bono lawyers because now, what can happen because of the law, the courts have to adjudicate their vacature in, in 90 days.
4: Hmm.
0: Used to be, it'd go on years, right? They got hmm. to adjudicate it in 90 days and then when they're vacated, it comes off their record and the courts are obligated then to, to get that information out to all of the reporting agencies and all that so the record gets cleared. Um, that you know I just think I, look I'm, I'm in the minority up there I, mm-hmm. I, I don't make any bones about it um, and yet I think I think uh, I think the Lord has helped us find a niche a place um, and to use the seat in ways that uh, maybe you're helping those that uh, others look at and Kind of turn their back on yeah. mm-hmm. um, my faith and our particular personal experiences through life. Um, I can't turn my back on it, right? Because in a way, if I turn my back on those kids, I'm turning my back on my kids. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I I see my kids in all of that, sure. And um, that that's one of the reasons why I'm, we're we're doing the. Fentanyl Dealers Accountability Act. I think I'm hoping we can get some traction on that. Maybe we want to talk about that. And also the status of, 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 of fentanyl legislation. It's right. something is happening in the state. And I don't whether you have questions about about that or Maybe some well, what's, of the what, what's,
3: what's the general tone in, in Sacramento right now, on both sides of the aisle? Yeah. Um, I mean, is, is, is this something that I mean, obviously it's getting traction and, and, it's, and, and it's getting more and more traction. Well, yeah, First of all, you don't You
0: don't get approval uh, by the legislature uh, for a, uh, you know, a, a, a special committee a select committee on addiction opioids and fentanyl without the okay of the speaker of the assembly mm-hmm. okay and that happened a year ago right. and i and and I, uh, i'm on that uh, select committee so we have a bipartisan bicameral group of legislators who are really serious about this and we also have the imprimatur of the leadership uh, of the assembly particularly. So that's point number one. Point number two is I, I've been there 10 years. This is my last two years, and then I'll right. be termed out in 2024. Uh, I've, ne- I've never seen as much focus on fentanyl and a variety of ways to go at it mm. than I see now. Right. Uh, I think I think we could see two dozen bills or so uh, I have one, I'm a I'm, uh, 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 co-author of it'll probably end up being a dozen more by the time January comes and we have them all put together and we put them over the desk. Um, right now, you know, we haven't seen them uh, put over the desk in that number, but that's because we still have time and we're working on them. And my Fentanyl Dealers Accountability Act is sort of like that. Um, and. I, I, I just think that I, I it's there I, I actually think that there's going to be a lot of interest in developing ways to fund the kinds of things that we need We were talking about I think before we went you know mm. on, on air about uh, having resources where regions can uh, put up uh, advertisements on on TV and put up uh, you know advertisements. Uh, on social media and things like yeah. that, that basically teach and warn and let people know. Yeah, w- uh, we're seeing that happen. In fact, we, we've we got a bill uh, that will get funded, I think this year, uh, where we're gonna have six of these that replicate what Fresno County has done in that space. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff going on. But I really think if we're gonna get really serious about this, we really have to go after the dealers and Amen. those dealers have to pay a consequence and that's why the fentanyl dealers accountability act I, we're working on it i have to give a big shout out to uh to lisa Smithkamp our yeah, da she bet. is essentially crafting the details mm-hmm. and so what we found is there's this huge loophole in the law mm. because if you have a big Bag full of uh, of uh, heroin, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you have got this big killing factor, and that be- that's a fe- uh, that that's a a felony. Right. The problem is, you could have twelve hundred pills, and it it won't get to the weight necessary to move it from misdemeanor
3: right, right.
0: to a felony. Right. That's what our bill will do. Right. It, it we're, we're trying to rationalize the. Uh, that there's a public safety uh, history with uh, heroin and those kinds of things where if you've got enough weight, it, it, enough of it, well, we're, we're, so Lisa and her uh, office, they're, they're, the last piece of this is to rationalize that so that we can say that the heroin as a felony with its kill capacity and the fentanyl Kill capacity are equal right, and then we can make that a felony and why I think that has the possibility is because and Lisa has said this to us as we work through the atmosphere in Sacramento will not allow us to to put the casual user uh, from a a user periodically. They get caught with a little bit on them, and they have a felony. Well, that's not what's going to happen here. Right. The interesting thing is that uh, dealers uh, and and the cartels and all of that—they, uh, you know—they have tons of this stuff, mm-hmm. and if we can get the weight down right to where. A little teeny gram has this kill capacity and it's sort of equal to this big lethal dosage of heroin. We're not going to touch the user because the user isn't going to have enough to even get to that because they don't even know they're ingesting it half the time. And so I think we've got a space here where we can say to those social justice types, and there's a lot of them up in Sacramento, we understand, but that's why we're moving it in this direction. Dealers and, you know, the, 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 these are the ones that have to know that they have a kill capacity that's equal to a bunch of heroin. And so that we're going to figure out what that that weight is. In mm-hmm. fact, I've, I mean, Lisa showed me information where we had like, they caught somebody with 1,100 uh, fentanyl uh, pills laced with, with right. fentanyl.
3: But the M30s.
0: Yeah, but you couldn't you, uh, you couldn't get it to weigh a kilo. So I think the I think kilo is the question here. You got a kilo mm, of right of uh, kill capacity here with uh, with the heroin or whatever. But if we can get a a similar kill capacity for a small amount, then maybe we could we could see, we could see that the weight, although it's little has this huge kill capacity. Well, because
2: we had a a young man that that Flynn had helped out, and he was using fentanyl, and he literally figured out, calculated, went online, I can't remember what is the overdose rate, and he would use up to that point. He would push it, and it's only, what, two milligrams? something like that. Yeah, so it's a a small amount, so it's like, yeah, they're not.
0: So the needle we have to thread, I have to thread up in Sacramento now, is that... uh, we ought. This ought to be a slam dunk. This sure. this shouldn't be. I shouldn't have to fight through the public safety committee right. and the assembly or try to get it off the floor out of the and over under the senate. Um, and so, what? Why I think there is hope here is because it won't touch the casual user. Correct. Mm. Because they can't possibly have in their possession enough to get to the weight of you know two three thousand pills. Sure. So we're waiting for the final draft language from lisa's office because they're kind of the experts in all of this and then we'll put this over the over the desk uh, in right. january and we'll see what happens yeah my right. message to the ruling party as we go through that is we're not doing anything different than holding fentanyl dealers accountable like we're holding uh, uh, the uh, heroin dealers accountable
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The the kill capacity is, but we, we've got to bring the weight down, so that the kill capacity is recognized as substantial enough to be similar to what the heroin can do. And so the deal, why, why are we going to give the fentanyl dealer a break when we don't give the the heroin dealer yeah. the break? So I think some of these members are going to be faced with a particularly uh, compelling decision if if it's not going to touch the user and the users can maybe we can get them help maybe we can educate them out of it maybe we can warn them but those that know they're poisoning these people the dealers that are doing it they're going to be held to the same account not a higher account not a lower account but the same account as the heroin dealer and i think that's justice i think that's justice
2: i think so and i think the scary thing too flint tell me if you you know from your knowledge is the scary thing about fentanyl it it doesn't last casually for very long it and often people like you're no, saying I, no, I that one time and done so it's yeah we've got to up the accountability because everyone that i've talked to you've obviously more that have used fentanyl it takes it, it goes from Curiosity to an addiction, pretty quick. Yeah, if and they it,
3: survive. Yeah, it goes from curiosity to death real quick. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. And, and and so so because I remember when we went up to Sacramento a number of years ago, and we proposed you proposed those two bills um, on longer jail sentences yeah. for you know for for drug dealers, and of course that that didn't that didn't pass anything.
1: If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at painnonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction.
3: Are we looking at a long period of time here before we, we, we can get something in place to, 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 to put these guys away? Yeah, I, again, I, th- what, this is not
0: adding time. What we're saying is we've got to get to a wait Situation where the fentanyl dealer has to—we're not adding time, but it's the felony that the heroin dealer faces. Yeah. And so we I, look. I know this is, you know, a, a fine yeah. threading of a needle. Um, I mean, I wish we could. I wish we could make fentanyl dealers have to pay the price for murder. Because I mean, right, it's what it is. Right. But you know something? I I've learned. You know I'd. If I can get two thirds of the loaf, half no. the loaf, I'm making some progress.
3: Sure. Yeah. And
0: so, the unintended value here for the ones that don't want to give anybody, you know, a longer sentence, is that we're not we're not making it a longer sentence. We're not making it more more a longer sentence for the heroin dealer. We're trying to basically say, let's not let the fentanyl dealer off the hook yeah. simply because. He's got this killing drug that is so small and so that he they're driving truckloads through the loophole absolutely yeah. so let's do justice as well as do mercy yeah right. it's
2: just a, a just classifying the act a, a different, you know. Because of the misdemeanors, we've seen it and we've heard mm-hmm. it and Lisa shared with us. So they're in and out going over and over, right. and over and over and right. over laughing literally at cops. I'll right. be out tomorrow. Right, right. You know. Yeah.
3: So, so when, we, when, we're, when we're talking about, um, you know, the, the six counties in, in, in California now and that, that funding that is going to become available, is, is that more for awareness piece that um, that maybe nonprofits like ours are gonna be able to get out there to people, to let them know that there's treatment available, yeah. that, that there's help available. Yeah. It, Why don't you explain it, that to everybody? What we
0: have done is we have uh, replicated what Fresno County is doing. So Fresno County does have a law enforcement piece of it, mm-hmm. right? You have uh, the sheriff's department that's involved, you have the police department involved, uh, uh, when there is an an overdose, uh, you know, the they track uh, right the fourteen where where they where they got it and, right. and and try to try to stop it. So the money can be used for enforcement. It can be used for information. It can be u- used for media uh, and it 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 will basically be five hundred thousand um, dollars annually for six of them. It's got a three million dollar price tag um. And the next step is the law was signed and now the governor has the responsibility to recognize that and, and place it in, in his budget. We, we hope that we will see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think they will. I serve on the large budget committee. Um, and so we'll, we'll have a, a good idea of whether or not it's there or whether we're going to have to ask for a budget augmentation. We'll see. But in the atmosphere that's up in Sacramento right now, I really think that uh, I really think that three three million dollars it, it's budget dust for the it, state of California. It, it
3: is, but
0: yeah. half a million dollars a year goes a long way to seeing to it that Fresno County uh, can have the resources rather than having to spend them out of the county budget or the police department budget or, mm-hmm. or other places. So it offsets some of that. So we're I think we're going to do do okay with it. Uh, but I think the at- atmospherics in Sacramento with fentanyl have really changed. And I think the most important thing we've seen is this select committee. It's bipartisan. Mm-hmm. It's bicameral. Um, and it's serious. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, it's really yeah, serious. Yeah. No,
3: that's fantastic.
0: And we're seeing the product of an awful lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and so being on that membership, uh, my staff, my ledge director, I, we 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 are sensing What's happening underneath the radar because we're not really in session yet in January? I talked to my ledge director yesterday. I mean, we think there could be twenty, twenty-five bills mm-hmm. that, in one way or another, touch fentanyl. Right mm-hmm. um, now, my guess is a lot of them will be common to each other, right. which means there'll be some consolidation over time. Right. So, well, you know, I, I consolidated one of my bills um, last session with another member's bill. I think it was the catalytic converter stuff that we were going after. Why, because my bill was similar to, to his bill and we put them together sure. and we became joint authors. That's kind of the way things are gonna work up there, I think on the fentanyl um, as well. But I think, we're, I think we're as serious as can be.
3: Well, I think this, and, and, and I'm gonna bring this up because this is where we have to get more serious. And that is with, with all these bills, I'm hoping there is, there is something because we have to be able to get out to our citizens, where they can go for help, and and where they can go for treatment, in all of this awareness piece yeah. that we're that we're doing everywhere, we're not letting th- the citizens of the state of California know where they can go. Now, we, we uh, I'm going to back it up just a hair. We do. St- tell folks, you can call Fresno County Behavioral Health. Jim, that's not treatment. That is a, and and I love Fresno County Behavioral Health. But when when somebody calls there, they're put on hold, you're not guaranteed that somebody's actually gonna even pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. They do not know where to refer people to other than one or two local county run programs that may or may not be able to help them because they are so full all all the time. The one thing we are, again, I'm gonna repeat myself, the one thing we are not doing is we are not giving people the adequate information on where to go to get treatment, because the counties, no matter if it's Fresno County, Stanislaus County, yeah. Monterey, wh- wh- wherever it is, they do not want to partner with private treatment facilities. And it's the private treatment I, I facilities absolutely. that are going to make more of an impact on our communities yeah. than the county-run programs. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't know. I
0: you know I I. A couple of weeks back on KMJ, I made an announcement about what I'm going to do when I come home, right. which is run for Board of Supervisors right. in the, in the, for the seat in which I've lived for, you know, ever right. 40 years. And part of the reason is exactly what you've just outlined here. Mm-hmm. I believe that the years I've spent in the legislature, because the counties are sort of this sub organization of the state. And so transportation. I I I have resources. I have connections. I have relationships uh, with healthcare, uh, with hospitals. um, You know, with uh, um, public safety. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. and and the county uh, has lots of options. And and so one of the reasons that I announced is because of things like this. Right. I can bring a perspective. 8 years as mayor and 12 years in the legislature that says imagine what we could do if yeah i don't in- if i get elected i don't intend to go in and point fingers right i intend to go in and put my arm around these other members and by the way they're all my friends mhm uh and and to say imagine what we could do if how about if we and so i think i could be in a position in the county to bring folks like you in and to have them Talk with you or suggest how we could inform the CAO about the, the private organizations right. that do this. Why wouldn't you want as a county to hand off that kind of work yeah. to those who do it well so that you could be in, able to have with limited resources and staffing. Opportunities in other areas that may not have as much a connection with the quality of care and information and all that in the private sector. Right. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer that when you have government touch it, all of the idiosyncrasies of politics and governance yep. and who who gets it and who doesn't. Uh, turns it into a, a a wrestling match of interests. Absolutely, and that, that's not that doesn't get help to anybody. No, and so I I believe that uh, the years in the mayor's office, the years up in Sacramento, blend together to have not only experience in areas like this, but um, thoughtful consideration of what might be. Right. Um, I'm a I'm a Reagan Republican.
3: Yep. That's okay? I'm me.
0: a Reagan Republican. Why? Because Ronald Reagan was aspirational. He was forward-looking. Uh, yes, he would say, we got some problems here and, you know, when he ran for president. But how often would he pivot and say, but imagine what could be yes. if. I wanted to follow that man right. because he inspired me. He didn't uh, hunker me down saying, oh my, we'll never get out of this big mess. Right. So I really believe that, that leadership has to be aspirational. It has to be forward-looking. It also has to be grounded in fact and what is known. Mm-hmm. And it has to be willing to be independent of the competing forces that try to grab at government. And to be able to step back and say, we're going to be the referee.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to be the one that says, test it. So we'll let's mm-hmm. compete with it. And I think that I would be able to if I'm elected, I'm going to be able to suggest ways that we can uh, change the paradigm of what a large bureaucratic uh, organization can do and can't do. Right. It, and I'll just say it this way. One of the things I've learned in Sacramento is that our bureaucracies don't have discretion. Mm. And if they don't have discretion, it's one size fits all. You do it our way or hit the road. Right. Mm-hmm. I want the county... To understand that from the leadership of the board, we encourage your discretion in this. Where did I learn this? I learned this in the le- in the legislation that I've been running for adoptions. Uh, we have we have uh, practice, and we have law. The interesting thing is in adoption, they have they have taken some discretion to form those families, and and yet they were a little bit squishy with the law. Well, what do we do? We rationalize their practice with the law so third parties don't come in and try to, try to mm-hmm. break that family apart. I think there's a lesson there to be learned about every bureaucracy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And my history in these t- 10 years, going on the 12, is that state bureaucracies are more interested in protecting themselves than they are in serving the people they say they care about. That's the nature of bureaucracies. Right. If we allow bureaucracies the discretion, if the CAO of the county would say, why don't we look at ways to bring in the private sector, the ones that do it over and over again and do it well.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, again, I learned uh, when I was mayor, for example, uh, I sat on the transportation uh, commission of the, of the city. Uh, we Back then, I mean, we built 168, uh you know 41 north and yep. south the 180 crosstown we did it on budget and on time well what were we able to do discretion so when caltrans made a good bid and they did it on time wonderful that's great but you know what we also did um we gave it to to, uh, to private sector yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. did we, gave, we we you know we gave it to private sector uh, contractors and guess who came in under bid and with quality construction more often than not than the, than the than the state right uh, operation. So d- bureaucracies and political leaders should not be afraid of what amounts to competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree it, it, it it's it's the best way for good people who do it well to be tested and then rewarded. right And I think that in some of these areas with with respect to transportation, I think the county, could be using the Bechtel's or some of these others. Uh, I think when, when you come to to th- this area, uh, pain ought to be at the forefront uh, in this. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's one of the reasons I thought, you know what, the next phase is to take the experience from Sacramento, bring it home, right. and apply it to the county because there is so much overlap and, and interconnectedness between how the county does things and what the state requires it to do. So I'm, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to inquire about how much discretion can the county bureaucracies, and that's going to be an adoption as well. You know, I mean, why, why if we're backlogged on adoptions in the county, why can't we uh, send those adoption applications to the private adoption uh, right? Uh, organizations in, in in Fresno and let them work through yeah. the paperwork and all of that. Why have people suffer without help because the bureaucracy is insufficient to the capacity? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what what I think I can where I can be helpful.
3: Sure. You know, and and I know we've talked about this in the last few weeks, but I think this is something that's going to have to be addressed again is the insurance side of this yes. thing mm-hmm. be, be, because you know let, let, let's face it MediCal just does not cut it when it comes to uh, paying for treatment for somebody um, the, 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 the private insurance companies out there um, they they are actually almost no help it, in, in this because now they're cutting down the time yeah. that they're allowing people to be in treatment when we all know especially with opioid addicts, but but alcoholics as well Absolutely. and meth addicts that they need more time in treatment. And so we're, 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 we're just, it's almost like we're fighting a losing battle here because we, we, we want to give people yeah. the correct amount of time. We want to be able to help them, but privately our hands are tied because we have to still keep our doors open and mm-hmm. we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Unless we get some help from right. well, you know, you know, we've
0: talked about it. I'm on your side. We're going to be right. look, uh, Ian is is right. looking at ways. Yep. Um, um. You know, we'll we'll see. Um. How that can happen. Right. And again, um. You know, I'm i I'm on the budget committee. Been there for ten years. I also serve uh, served for a good period of time on the health committee. I'm now on right. a subcommittee with for health. Um. I mean, I know these plans. I I. I could pick up the. I could go to my cell phone right now and have like the third or fourth person in the health plan, or their principal contract lobbyist, right. and talk to them. And I've done that. Mm-hmm. And I've said, well, you know, why aren't you saying yes to this?" Right. Um, it is a. The plans are pretty powerful up in Sacramento. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just admit to that. Uh, but at the same time, I have seen when the legislature rises up they require the plans to do some things that actually are going that that they don't want to do because it's it's more costly and they think that the premiums go up and all of that so again this is part of the experience and the history and the interaction that I've had with state level interests that have an absolute direct consequence Mm -hmm. to Fresno County and so I think I, I bring I bring some experience and some tools in my own toolkit that I think can be helpful. Uh, and again, I I'm, I'm I'm not the voters are going to make that that final right. decision. Uh, but, you know, I mean I the, the people that I've gotten to know over the years on that on that board, uh, Buddy and and uh Sal and right. and uh, Brian Pacheco and and uh you know, Nathan Magzig, those sure. folks uh have been uh friends and, and quite frankly uh, uh, you know they've been sort of mentors to me and mm-hmm. we sort of mentored each other and, right. and all of that um, you know two of them are Republicans two of them are Democrats right. and I've supported all four because they're the right people for the job and part of my enthusiasm about coming back and serving on, on the board of supervisors frankly is I've gotten to know these folks and I've heard their concerns and their passion and all of that and I like what I hear Mm -hmm. and I think we're headed in a good direction but we've got to have a little more willingness to push the bureaucracies to if you can decentralize and have uh, private uh, operations that are known commodities uh, good at what they do. And why is that important? It lifts the burden from the county Mm -hmm. with limited resources that allows the county to take what resources they were doing to, you know, call them back a week later. (laughs) Right, right, right. Exactly. To do something else. So I recognize the fact that bureaucracies are overburdened. There's no no question about it. But there are ways to uh, free up uh, the bureaucracies. Uh, From having to say no wait or maybe Mm -hmm. by saying, why don't you go to the uh, private sector and have them be a part of this uh, because they do it well, right? right? Right. Uh, So, you know, we'll – I still have two years. I I still want to work on the fentanyl. Uh, I think we've got to be working on water. I think we've certainly got to be working on electricity. I mean, we we cannot have rolling blackouts and we can't have – you know PG&E bills that are just skyrocketing. I just I just got a uh, notice from my uh, ledge director Ian uh, that uh, PG&E has a great big additional rate increase uh, in front yeah. of uh, of the PUC because they want to be able to. Recoup the costs of mitigating the fires that they started in the first place.
3: Oh, yeah, jeez. Yeah. So, you know, this
0: is the kind of stuff that we deal with up there. Yeah. <laughs> don't
3: get me on that road, Jim. <laughs> this know. is topics that
2: gets me fired
0: up as Flint knows. I, know. I know. anyway, yeah. So, again, I, I, it, 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 in the bigger picture of things, um, I'm not ready to ride off into the sunset. Right. You know, We're not ready for you to ride I off and, into I, the and, sunset and, yet. And I, you know, I, my, my grandpa and my dad worked until they could not work any longer because they were, they were so aged.
3: Yeah.
0: That made them really good grandpas and dads. Right. It really did. Uh, they had something to do, right? They, 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 and they enjoyed what they were doing and they were challenged by what they were doing. And they, they would draw me into that challenge and all that. And I guess what I'm grateful for is over the years, I have never been in a position of responsibility or work where I would wake up on a Monday morning and say, "Oh, oh it's Monday." <laughs> Wednesday would come and I'd say, oh, I mean, "Hump day is finally here." Right. And Friday would come, TGIF. I mean, honestly, and I I think this is your life too. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah, it is. Seven days a week. Right. Right. Um, and yes, we you know we get some time off and weekend, sure. you know, all sure. of that. But sure. the sun comes up on a Monday, man. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. ready to go. And Wednesday just happens to be another day in the week and yep. Friday, you know, okay, we're going to kind of wrap things, uh, right. you know, end of the week. And uh, what's Monday coming? You know, talk to staff. What yeah. have Monday going? Yeah,
3: I don't know what I'd do if I – uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have no idea. In fact, it was last Friday. It just reminded me of this. I got, I got a call from, from uh, uh, KC24, like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They said, hey, can, can can we do an interview with you tonight about 7.30? 30. You know, it's a Friday night yeah. and I said well yeah of course you know I mean it's it's like I go home and Kathy's there I go I'm out okay I'm out on a you know, Friday night at 730 she goes yeah I go and you then know. I get the yeah. text
2: Matt hey make sure you get that yeah. social media we've
0: also been blessed uh, sh- uh, Sharon has been uh, for I think it's 25 years now um, the ministry support director uh, for uh, prison fellowship mm-hmm. which was the Chuck Colson operation, right. and she does it out of the house. Uh, they decentralized out of offices, and they, they're working there, and, and um, they had to drop a good-sized uh, m- modem for, for, <laughs> for the bandwidth that, that Sharon uses. Um, and so she's had her life of fulfillment, and I've had my life of right. fulfillment. Well, once you get, I'm gonna use the word, addicted <laughs> <laughs> to, to that kind yeah. of fulfillment, um, I can understand why my dad and my grandpa did it until they just couldn't do it anymore, sure. Sure. and they were better people as a result of it. So yeah. I, you know, I, I, I sitting around, and Monday morning comes, and I do I do I tinker in the garden today? Do I go bowling?
3: Right, right. <laughs> I,
0: I do I, uh, I no, no. Sounds uh, miserable. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you
3: know, it does. Know, it sounds miserable.
2: I think he nailed something there, Jim. And, and you know, for us twelve-step people, the servitude—not mm. self-serving—that's an ego. The yeah. servitude, and what you shared about yourself, your wife, you know, your family overall, is when we get to that—that that gift of wow, I have a purpose in serving mm. others and really making this better, which our our theme and everybody knows it the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety it's community yeah. and so when you yeah. get that there's something powerful in it you know and it's yeah. like uh,
0: i'd like to kind of piggyback on that you know I don't want to get too religified <laughs> but one of the things that uh sort of compels me in, in all of this is is what i've called a civic ministry mm. mhm uh and uh, when we serve 3,000 people who had trouble with their EDD and they on their last few dollars, that's a civic ministry. Sure. When we help people unwind bureaucracies and we can steer them to places where they can get help, I feel like that's an answer to prayer. Mm-hmm. We, we are their answer to prayer. And I have been so fortunate to have staff members who, ha- who want to work with me who have that same kind of faith perspective, that they're there as an extension of who they are spiritually. That brings really, really good people around you. And uh, so, you know, like I said, I've got two years, and we're gonna run through the finish line as as strong as we can, then I'm gonna come home and. I'll be on the 2024 ballot.
3: <laughs> there oh, it God. is. There it is. By the way, and you've got a great staff. I, I, I'm not kidding, like I, like I do here. I mean, you know, y- your staff is fully committed to you. They're committed to everything that you stand for. Uh, I, 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 I know them, and I, and I just think the world of them. I, 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 well,
0: again, we've, what we've tried to do is, unlike most politicians, I, we've built an operation, we built a staff, and we've built service that isn't about me. Yeah, mm. And i have call it different by design. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am, you know, the heart and soul and the face and the person, but I can't do it without right. a whole group of people. Uh, and I've been fortunate enough to, to have them. And we do things very differently. You know, I had 30 years of having radio stations. Right. The junk that politicians would oh. send to our newsroom, I, I, me, me, look, look at me, me, I, uh, 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 a news release that is five paragraphs. They could have done it in five sentences. Right. And over the years, to talk to my news directors, and they would they would, they'd get the thing and say, "Jim, look at this," and it goes right into the wastebasket.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We're very different. It's us, we together. Imagine what we what what, what we're trying to do here. Right. And, and the other thing is, if you notice the manner in which we do uh, social media and, and and the photography we use. It isn't just me standing up there with everybody, and I'm the center of the right. I mean, yeah, okay. Here's who I gave the certificate to, sure. and I'm cheerleading here. But we do an awful lot of of uh, photography over my shoulder,
3: mm-hmm.
0: bringing our our audience into the group of people that we're interacting mm-hmm. with and celebrating, right? And right. and uh, w- working with. Um, and I think that's part of the difference. Yeah, uh, a- and. Um I think it's one of the re- I, look I overperform my registration. So the, the 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 reality is um that in all of my elections I've had Democrats and independents vote for me. And I think that well, look Democrats in our area are sometimes pretty different than Democrats in the Bay Area or, or <laughs> LA. Uh, for example, I mean uh, Brian Pacheco is a Democrat. He's he is just he's my dear friend. Right. And I've supported him every time he got elected. I've I've, I've giving him money uh, but he is he is a a uh, he's a what I would say is a JFK Democrat yeah okay sure. I'm a Reagan Republican you know there was a time when JFK Democrats and Reagan Republicans got along
4: yeah, yeah. And
0: did a lot of good stuff together Now, those those days seem, to be, gone. seem to be gone but uh, I I think I, uh, the people that, I, that I've represented o- over these years, I, I hope that they have seen uh, somebody who is uh, doing this because he has a heart for people and has a, a willingness to work hard, develop staff so that we can help constituents uh, when nobody else can. Right. And that, so if, you know, if anybody watching or listening, if you've got difficulty with a state bureaucracy, we have got really good people that can unwind it for you. They do. And you do. The other day the other day got a call from uh, from uh, community hospitals and they are just, you know, overwhelmed right now. All the hospitals up and down the state. You got mm-hmm. you know, you got a lot of issues. Um and they could not get C D P H uh to really connect with them and help them out and understand what they were doing. Uh, my office on my behalf uh, called CDPH and said look we got, a, we got an issue here. I think the next day or the day after CDPH was in town and they were visiting uh, community hospital and trying to understand their staff shortages and what if anything the state could do.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that, that's, that's the behind the scenes kind of work and the kind of credibility we've developed over time. Right. Um, and so when CDPH calls, they, my office is familiar to the bureaucracies up and down the state. Uh, and they know that I'm serious about it, and you better help, or you might have a call from the Sacramento Bee asking <laughs> why not. <laughs> you learn to use the levers. Yes, you okay? do. You yes, learn to do. use the levers. And, it, right. it, and, it, and it's not for me. Right. Those levers are there for me to use. For people who have been caught up in circumstances yeah. uh, where the bureaucracies have, have failed them. right, And uh, and so, you know, I, I'll take all that experience and, you know, we'll ask the voters
3: do you want me to stay around or do you want to retire me? So. Right. Mm-hmm. There it is. We'll see. We're, we're, we're going to want you here. We're that's gonna for see, sure. Yeah.
4: We're going to want you here. Mr. Anderson. Well,
3: Jim, as always, thank you. You know what? You are truly a dear friend. And, 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 and the things that you do and have done for for not only this community but the state is 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 amazing you're a man of character Thank you. like i've n- seriously one of the finest men i know <laughs> of, of of character and and i appreciate you Thank i appreciate you. you taking the time and no, and all the things it. your staff has done for us yeah. and uh it, it it's just awesome the what, what you do and my friend, thank you so well, much. I appreciate you.
0: Flint, we found each other at a time when we both needed each other.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and if I helped you, I hope you know
3: you helped me and you I helped do. my loved ones. I do. Thank you, my friend. That, that's,
0: a, that's a gift that uh, you know, we'll treasure forever. You bet. And I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Appreciate you. you.
3: Thank you.
2: And thank you, of course, for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube. And don't forget, if you want to get involved with Payne or find out more about our services, of course, we do provide Narcan free training for organizations here in the Fresno area. Uh, Go to PayneNonprofit.org.
1: If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction.
4: This podcast contains the views and opinions of hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work while we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate we welcome any comments suggestions or correction of errors privacy is of the utmost importance to us for those wishing anonymity people places and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page.